الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين بلوغ المرام حديث نمبر 2 عند حديث نمبر 2 عن ابي سعيد الخدري رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ان الماء طهور لا ينجسه شيء اخرجه الثلاثه وصححه احمد نريتد ابو سعيد الخدري رضي الله تعالى عنه May Allah be pleased with him Who said that Allah's messenger Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Whatever or water is pure And nothing can make it impure This is reported by the three The three are Abu Dawood, At-Tirmidhi and An-Nasai And Ahmad, Imam Ahmad Graded it as Sahih As sound hadith Okay now who is the narrator? The narrator is Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri's name is Sa'id bin Malik bin Sinan al-Khudri. In reference, his last name is in reference to a section of the residence of Al-Ansar in Medina. He lived 86 years he died in the year either 53 or 54 or 55 uh, after Hijrah in the books of Sahih Bukhari and Muslim he reported 84 hadith and a group of the companions took hadith from him this is Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu ta'ala anhu may Allah be pleased with him he said Water is pure and nothing can make it impure. Water here he is referring to jinsul ma, meaning water as encompassing all types of water. Tahur means the pure and itself is purifying. Then he said, La yunajisuhu shay. Nothing can render it impure. This is a negation, a general negation. And therefore a negation is like in, in this context is comprehensive. Meaning then, everything that falls in the water, then it will not render it impure or filthy. However, this generality is not intended, there is no doubt that this is not intended because if something filthy falls in water and changes it then it becomes filthy and this is by way of consensus as we will learn from the next hadith inshallah so this accordingly this generalization is restricted by the fact if filth falls in water and it changes it then it becomes filthy by way of ijma' by way of consensus that's why the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith in the authentic hadith reported by Al-Bukhari about the ghee or the cooking shortening fat if a mouse had fallen in it then take out the mouse take out the mouse and throw away the ghee around it 
and use the rest and use the rest why? because it, the mouse and what surrounds it are filth meaning if it will die then it will produce an awful smell stinky smell and also it will render the fat or the ghee or the shortening render it rotten now from the benefits of this hadith some of the benefits of this hadith first of all that water is pure and purifying from every filth whether this type of filth is hard filth like that of the dog or light filth like that of the baby boy who didn't yet eat the food or the medium filth between these two extremes and it is purifying from ritual impurity or from sexual defilement and the like now the second benefit the second benefit al-aslu fil ma'i what is established or the basic ruling is that of the purity of water this means that if we doubt if we doubt some water is it pure or filthy then the basis we should consider it pure we should consider it pure the fourth benefit if water is changed by something pure then it remains pure because in the hadith the Prophet ﷺ said لا ينجسه شيء nothing renders it filthy the fifth benefit that water remains uh, let's leave these questions to the end uh, piece uh, you are mixing now uh, so many things together in the and the topic is in one direction and they are asking another in another direction so let's focus on the topic Akhi. water is pure if a person puts his hand in it after waking up from sleep although the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam forbade that a person if he gets out if he gets up from his sleep the Prophet ﷺ ordered that he shouldn't put his hand in the pot until he washes his hand three times however the Prophet ﷺ did not say that the water will be rendered filthy however he warned not to immerse the hand in the water and therefore since he didn't say that it will render it filthy then it stays under the generality of the hadith in the sense that it 
will remain pure, staying on its purity. The fifth benefit now, the permissibility that the consensus of the Ummah specifies the Sunnah, particularize the Sunnah, particularize the generality of the Sunnah, that Ijma' يخصص Sunnah. Where is the Ijma'? The Ijma' is with the consensus that if the water is rendered, if it is changed by filth, then it becomes filthy. And this we will learn from the next hadith which is coming now, hadith number 3. Hadith number 3, reported by Abi, Imam, Abi Umama al-Bahili. Abi Umama al-Bahili. رضي الله تعالى عنه حديث نمبر 3 وعن أبي أمامة الباهلي رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الماء لا ينجسه شيء إلا ما غلب على ريحه وطعمه ولونه أخرجه ابن ماجة وضعفه أبو حاتم وللبيهقي الماء طهور إلا إن تغير ريحه أو طعمه أو لونه بنجاسة تحدث فيه. Narrated Abu Umama al-Bahili, may Allah be pleased with him, that Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Water cannot be rendered impure by anything except something which changes its smell, taste, and color. Ibn Najah reported it. And Abu Hatim described it as da'if, as weak. And Al-Bayhaqi reported, water is pure unless any impure thing is added which changes its smell, taste, or color. So this is the hadith now. Who is Abi Umama Al-Bahili? His name is Subay. And his lineage goes goes to a tribe by the name by the name of Bahila. His father's name is Ajlan. He resided in the city of Homs in Syria. He resided resided in the city of Homs in Syria, and he died there. He died in the year eighty first or eighty sixth of Hijra, after Hijra. And he was the last of the companions who died in Asham. He died. He was the last of the companions who died in Asham. Rahimahullah. It was stated that in al-ma'ala yunajjisuhu shay. Nothing, water cannot be rendered impure by anything. Okay. This part we heard it in the formal hadith earlier. Okay. In la So this part is authentic. It was reported by another way. Water is pure and nothing can make it impure. From the hadith of Abi Sa'id, number two, which we just explained. Five. So if you compare this hadith to the previous hadith, we learn from this that Water is, impu- is pure 
nothing renders it impure and from this you can deduct that the two types of water are limited to either pure or impure or filthy then he said in this hadith except that something which changes its smell, taste and color so if the water changes by its smell the smell of filth and becomes distinct then in this case it will become impure but is it conditional that such prevalence of the smell be apparent to everyone or if it is apparent only to the few who are not you know inflicted with waswas inflicted with waswas meaning those who you know don't listen to whispers so if some if you if it becomes apparent to the few with the condition that this few are not under such influences of whispers because those you know would start imagining certain things then it is acceptable to consider it as impure it is as the same in the condition when some people even one would see the hilal the moon sighting in Ramadan then the hukum is applicable then the ruling is that's it and it's Ramadan and similarly here so if we find two people one whose sense of smell is weak and the other is strong and the latter said that it's changed because of such a smell of filth then that is sufficient also by taste people differ greatly with respect to taste you will find people who are very keen at distinguishing differences in taste for any least change they will be able to pick it up <coughs> others however they are weak in that sense they can't distinguish except that if this matter is really strongly apparent the taste so therefore here the criteria therefore is by take by the medium people or the strong as long as they are not under such hallucinations or, or whispers and similarly the issue of the color is, is, is apparent, it's clear meaning that recognizing the color also people differ some have keen sight or their sight is strong others are less so if, if one of them affirms this change then we take by that if we look at this part of this hadith then we may understand that the water to be considered impure that the three qualities must be there to change it however the second segment which is reported by Al-Bayhaqi indicates in the form it comes in the form or meaning if any one of them would 
change, then that would be the case. So there will be variation. Not to be taken collectively, meaning also, unless the three are present, the three changes are present, then the water will be considered impure. No. If any one of them is present, then, and it is apparent, as discussed earlier, then in this case, no, no. No, it's okay, Zamzam. So, and we shouldn't forget that this hadith is, is weak. The first part of it is authentic, reported by Abu Sa'id al-Khudari, but these matters of a change is due to, the, to one of these uh, effects is by way of ijma', by way of ijma', by way of consensus, as Imam al-Nawawi and Ibn al-Mundir and others reported. The hadith has some points of benefit. Number one, the basic ruling regarding the water is that it is pure and we cannot render it impure unless there is a change, an apparent change, by either color, taste or smell. Also we know from this that the deleels from the book and the sunnah each to be taken or should be taken all together because all came from one source meaning the revelation and we, can fall, we cannot really strike it against each other so we can learn from this that the Quran in the Quran there will be restrictions for certain generalizations and particularization for certain other ones this exists in the Quran and similarly in the Sunnah and this is agreed upon from the benefits is that if water is changed by either taste, smell or odor apparent then it will be moved in the classification from being pure and purifying to being filthy, impure and the fourth benefit is that the water is classified into two types only and this is the correct opinion pure purifying and filthy and there is no third classification which is called Tahiran Tahir although you know many of the fuqaha the jurists are on this opinion that there is a third part which is called Tahir Tahir what does it mean Tahir It means pure by itself, but not purifying in itself. However, the correct opinion is that the water is either tahur, pure purifying, or nezis, or filthy. So if it is pure, then it's purifying to others, to other things, and therefore it's called tahur. And if it is filthy, then it is filthy in itself and also causing filth to other things the third one which we talked about is not really based upon the book or sunnah and it is important to know this distinction had this been from the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah would have made that clear and his messenger very clear 
In fact, in the saying, however, in the saying of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that water is indeed pure and nothing pure, impure, uh, renders it uh, impure. From this we know that there is no other fair category. And this is evident by the hadith, and this is also the choice of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, who said, إِنَّ الْمَاءِ إِمَّا طَهُورٌ وَإِمَّا نَجِسٌ وَلَيْسَ ثَمَّةَ قِسْمٌ ثَالِثٌ Water is either pure or filthy, and there is no other third category or third size. This, alhamdulillah, brings, therefore, the conclusion of the second hadith. So we have covered so far three hadith. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.